Please remain standing for the reading of Scripture today. First of two comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. And then we flip over and read Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Exodus 20, verse 13, simply says, You shall not murder. In Matthew 5, beginning in verse 21, the words of Jesus, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with them. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you are saying to us today in your name. Amen. Today we continue our worship series on the Ten Commandments called Ten. And we're looking at the unwavering commands by God how they are presented to Moses in the Old Testament, and then how there are corresponding passages in the New Testament uh, which still make them relevant for us in living today. And today we look at the Sixth Commandment, uh, which uh, shortly gives us, Thou shalt not murder. So as we've been doing, let's break down the words of this commandment and look those up. If we look at the word murder... The Hebrew for the word murder is rasa, and it literally means to kill or to slay, or to kill in a way as to slay, S-L-A-Y. And while the actual command here, and as you see in the coming weeks, the list of commandments that are printed in Exodus 20 are very succinct and few words, each of these commandments is flushed out later in the Pentateuch in the first five books of uh, the Old Testament and are especially flushed out and clarified upon clarified upon clarified in the laws that govern Jewish way of life. Uh, law that is not printed in our uh, scriptures, but they have books and volumes upon volumes that flush these out even more. And so it is definitely a lot more than just a few words we see in Exodus 20. But with murder, we see a striking resemblance between how Scripture clarifies later what it means and how it breaks it down and how our own societal laws are written today. It was defined in Scripture for them as well as us today that premeditated or a forethought murder uh, was distinguished from that which was inadvertent uh, or one without malice or one without the intent or premeditation. Consequently, when someone took the life of another, it wasn't always seen as murder. And even those had different levels of, of culpability with the circumstances of the killing having a determining factor in the punishments. 
Scott, Rudy, I got both of y'all here today. Does that sound about similar to what we have today? Very much so. Very much so. Exodus 21, Exodus 22, and Numbers 35 flush out these. So if you'd like to go home and read more, I encourage you to go read those chapters. But let's focus on what the commandment is saying for us today. We are so valuable to and set apart by and for God that God would go as far as to create us in God's own image. Preacher, what does that mean and does that have anything to do with murder? Well, I'm glad you asked. It means that we are created with the same essence, the same abilities, or some of the unique abilities, which also define God. The greatest of these abilities, which has been reserved and endowed only to humans amongst all of the rest of creation, is the ability to love with a deep and abiding love that can come only from God. This is perhaps one of the greatest gifts people have ever been given. This tells us that people are precious to God. How does the song go? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight it's Jesus loves the little children of the world I had to finish it my brain wouldn't let me go on my OCD kicking in people all people are precious to God and God calls us all God's children this alone means that everyone is deserving of, of respect. Everyone is deserving of the same honor that God looks at us. Everyone is deserving of the preservation of their life. God cares about the sanctity of human life. Now, what does that mean? The word sanctity. It means a state of being Holy. What does holy mean? Belonging to or set apart for God. The lives of humans are designed for, created by, and set apart and belongs to God. We are that precious in the sight of God. This is the entire point of the verse we hear out of Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. that says, Whoever sheds the blood of a human, by a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image, God made humankind. Folks, when we shed the blood of other human beings, when we attack another person, then we are attacking the very image of God. We are hurting God. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. amen. So I want you to hear what this 
uh, verse or this commandment is not saying today because many of you probably like me and doing the research and said I have no intentionality no uh, no desire never going to kill anybody so I'm good right so this, this, well, while this commandment applies to me it doesn't really because I'm never going to do such a thing but Jesus in the way that Jesus always does takes things and brings it a step further. Jesus reveals in Matthew the principle behind this commandment and not just the words of the precept by which it's written. And this goes, folks, for all of the commandments, particularly those that we start today and go forward. If we are to view the actions of the command as evil, as wrongdoing, as sinful, then we must consider, deal with, and control the emotions, the feelings, the attitudes that incline us toward the action of that commandment. What Jesus is saying in Matthew is it's not the, just the action involved with the commandment that you need to be aware of, it's what goes in here, the mind that could potentially get someone to the point of breaking the commandment that we all need to be aware of. Have you ever heard the expression, what goes in must come out? That's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus names specifically in Matthew, anger. He mentions viewing folks as inferior. He mentions uh, viewing people as worthless. He even mentions uh, seeing uh, uh, people as a liability to society. Some folks think, well, society would be better off if this person were no, were no longer alive. And unless that is the decision of a court, then that is not what this commandment, that's what this commandment is trying to prevent. That's what is trying to say what Jesus is trying to say and we'll see more later about why but Jesus is talking about viewing people as a, as a, as a liability to society he's also talking about unsettled conflicts he goes on a roll about settling conflicts he said don't even come to the altar to bring your sacrifice if you are not right with all of your brothers and sisters relationships meant a lot to Jesus Relationships mean a lot to us as people. So irreconciled relationships was something that Jesus pointed out. And what Jesus is saying is that these are all the catalysts that lead to hate. And hate is the attitude of murder. Hate is the attitude of murder. Listen to how the Heidelberg, Cate uh, the Heidelberg Catechism expands it. They say, quote, By forbidding murder, Jesus teaches us that God hates the root of murder. Envy, hatred, anger, vindictiveness. In God's sight, all such are disguised forms of murder. In this command, God is condemning not just the action of the commandment, but also the root 
which leads to the action of the commandment. Are you with me this morning? It's easy for our hearts to be softened when we hear of uh, the killing of innocents. But as soon as we hear the death of someone that we feel doesn't deserve to live, we stiffen up like a sheet of petrified wood. If life is sacred, then we must seek to love all people. Not just those who seem innocent, not just those who seem helpless, not just those who seem socially desirable. We must seek to love all people. Jesus didn't say the greatest commandment is to love God first and then just love those who you think need to be loved or who you think deserve to be loved. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If we are delighted with the news of someone's death because we disdain and, 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 uh, and despise the person, then are we not just as guilty of the very sin which the Sixth Commandment forbids? So then how do we obey this commandment? If it is more than just simply killing someone, how do we obey what you're saying? How do we address the root of murder? We must replace hate. We must replace all of the attitudes that lead to hate with the love of Christ. John 13, 34 through 35 says, Jesus gives a new command that we love each other. I think you've already heard this once today. Just, and he says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Folks, I can't say it enough because that's the point. We are commanded, commanded by Jesus to love people in the way that Christ has already loved us. So what does that mean? <laughs> I'm glad you asked again. To love people in the way that Christ loves people is to love people sacrificially. It's to love people unconditionally. As Jesus puts it in Matthew 5:44, it is to love even our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. It also means to pray for those who persecute other people. But preacher, that's not what society tells us to do. That, that, that's not what I even want to do. That's not what feels good. That's not what gets my anger out. At least it doesn't seem like it. Folks, that is the point. <laughs> it is the point. 
We as Christians are called to live in a way that is set apart from what others are doing. That is the idea of being a Christian. Doing things the way society says they should be done. That is the point. Today, extreme dehumanization has become the norm. Jesus' commands here are radical. They're life-changing, particularly for the time. And they are transformative. And this is the point of the commandment today. Jesus, as he goes on in John 13, 35, says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Are you familiar with the hymn, They'll Know We Are Christians By Our Love? By our love, they'll know we are Christians by our love. I think I actually hit that on, on tune, Becky. <laughs> Mark it down, that could be a first and an only. Just a little bit. They'll know we are Christians by our love. So the question then becomes, the question then becomes not, how good are we? at obeying the command to not hate others, to not get angry, to not hold malice or envy in our hearts, the question becomes, how effectively are we loving others just as Jesus loved us? That's how we answer the question of this commandment today. Are we looking at others through the lens, through the eyeballs, through the glasses of Jesus Christ? When Jesus looked at people, he didn't see liars or cheaters or foreigners or criminals. He didn't point out the lepers, the prostitutes, the outcasts, the foreigners, or even the murderers. He looked into the eyes of every single person and saw a child of God. Even Jesus left the judging up to God. So why do we think, and who do we think we are sometimes, whenever we look at others and pass judgment in our words, in our actions, in our deeds, or in our thoughts? Who do we think we are? when not even Jesus did that. I want you to hear this scripture out of James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I want you to hear what James says, because it, it means so much for us today, and I want you to take it to heart today. James 4, verses 1 through 12 says this, Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something, do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 
Or do you suppose that it is uh, for nothing that the Scripture says God yearns jealousy for the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us, but He gives all the more grace? Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, your, excuse me, cleanse your, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. So then, who then are you to judge your neighbor? Someone say amen. amen. How many of us are sitting here thinking like I also am? Oh my God, I do this on an everyday basis very unconsciously. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. Uncovering the deeper meanings of these commands in light of the broader command to love our neighbor can, can unveil our failures and reveal the depth of our sin to us, of our shortcomings to us. But, friends, listen to this closely. God is so good. God is so good that God's grace makes us right with God. Not because of our adherence to the strict laws, but because of Jesus' perfect obedience. Regardless of how well we follow the law, we will never be perfect. I remind my wife of that every week, right, Roy? We will never be perfect, but that doesn't mean we ever Stop trying. We see that these commandments are pleasing and acceptable into God's eyes and, we, and, and, and encourage us to love God. They encourage us to love others. We see that these commands are good for society, good for our relationships. But we also recognize that following them to a T, even to the way that the law writes it, is not very practical all the time it's because we're human for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God we will make mistakes and following these commands though this is the good news that's not what saves us you want to know what saves us Jesus Christ on that cross is what saves us God through Jesus Christ is what saves us when we fail, 
there is always grace. This is the gospel message for us today, folks. I didn't want to get caught up in all the legalities about this law, about this commandment to not murder. I didn't want to break down all of the different directions that could go, first degree, second degree, manslaughter. Other states use words like negligent homicide, all these different things. I didn't want to get involved in conversations, death penalty, no death penalty, corporal punishment, not whatever. That's not the point of today's message. There are other readings and things that we can discuss later if you want to talk about those things either in a study or in a group or what have you. The point is today that we are called by God to do two things. To love God and to love our neighbor. How are we doing those in the light of the commandments that God has given us? That is the gospel message today. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.